Joshua 24. We've now come to the last chapter of the book of Joshua. And it's been an interesting book. I do say that about every book. And um, we're about to conclude with Joshua's final words, uh, effectively his dying words or his, the words from his deathbed. And in his final words is the most famous of all the things that Joshua said. And if, if you could ask anyone to quote anything from the book of Joshua, it's going to be some of the words that we're, we are about to read. And um, if you were to ask yourself now, of all the books we've read so far, Genesis through to Joshua, which one is your favorite? For me, it's probably still Genesis. <laughs> but Joshua is a great, great book. And it's, it's a book all about spiritual warfare, about overcoming, about walking with Christ, about coming into your, prom into your inheritance, about receiving the promises, about how to receive the promises, about how to walk with the Lord so that he fights for you, about how to stay holy and devoted to him, how not to, you know, go ahead of the Lord. There's so many lessons from the book of Joshua that are all very, very spiritually relevant for us today. So we're going to read this, uh, this final chapter. Joshua gathered all the tribes of Israel to Shechem and called for the elders of Israel, for their heads, for their judges, and for their officers, and they presented themselves to God. Joshua said to all the people, Yahweh the God of Israel says, Your fathers lived an old time beyond the river, even Terah, the father of Abraham, and the father of Nahor. They served other gods. Um, I took your father Abraham from beyond the river and led him through all the land of Canaan and multiplied his offspring and gave him Isaac. And I gave to Isaac Jacob and Esau, and I gave to Esau Mount Seir to possess it, Jacob and his children went down to Egypt. I sent Moses and Aaron, and I plagued Egypt according to that which I did among them, and afterwards I brought you out. I brought your fathers out of Egypt, and you came to the sea. The Egyptians pursued your fathers with chariots and with horsemen to the Red Sea. When they cried out to Yahweh, he put darkness between you and the Egyptians, and brought the sea on them and covered them. And your eyes saw what I did in Egypt. You lived in the wilderness many days. I brought you to the land of the Amorites that live beyond the Jordan. They fought with you, and I gave them into your hand. You possessed their land, and I destroyed them before you. Then Balak the son of Zippor, king of Moab, arose and fought against Israel. He sent and called Balaam the son of Beor to curse you, but I would not listen to Balaam. Therefore he blessed you still, so I delivered you out of his hand. You went over the Jordan and came to Jericho. The men of Jericho fought against you, the Amorite, the Perizzite, the Canaanite, the Hittite, the Girgashite, the Hivite, and the Jebusite, and I delivered them into your hand. I sent the hornet before you, which drove them out from before you, even the two kings of the Amorites. Not with your sword, nor with your bow, I gave you land on which you had not laboured, and cities which you didn't build, and you live in them. You eat of vineyards and olive groves which you didn't plant. Now therefore... Fear the Lord, and give serve him in sincerity and in truth. Put away the gods which your fathers served beyond the river in Egypt, and serve Yahweh. If it seems evil to you to serve Yahweh, choose today whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The people answered, Far be it from us that we should forsake Yahweh to serve other gods. For it is Yahweh our God who brought us and our fathers out of the land of Egypt. 
from the house of bondage, and who did those great signs in our sight, and preserved us in all the way in which we went, and among all the peoples through the middle of whom we passed, Yahweh drove out from before us all the peoples, even the Amorites who lived in the land. Therefore we will also serve Yahweh, for he is our God. Joshua said to the people, You can't serve Yahweh, for he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your disobedience nor your sins. If you forsake Yahweh and serve foreign gods, then he will turn and do you evil and consume you after he has done you good. The people said to Joshua, No, but we will serve Yahweh. Joshua said to the people, You are witnesses against yourself that you have chosen Yahweh yourselves to serve him. And they said, We are witnesses. Now therefore, put away the foreign gods among you and incline your heart to Yahweh the God of Israel. The people said to Joshua, We will serve Yahweh our God and we will listen to his voice. So Joshua made a covenant with the people that day and made for them a statute and an ordinance in Shechem. Joshua wrote these words in the book of the law of God and he took a great stone and set it up under the oak that was by the sanctuary of Yahweh. And Joshua said to all the people, Behold, this stone shall be a witness against us. For it has heard all of Yahweh's words which he spoke to us. It shall be therefore a witness against you, lest you deny your God. So Joshua sent the people away, each to his inheritance. And after all these things, Joshua the son of Nun, the servant of Yahweh, died, being 110 years old. They buried him in the border of his inheritance in Timnath-serah, which is in the hill country of Ephraim, on the north of the mountain of Gash. Israel served Yahweh all the days of Joshua, and all the days of the elders who outlived Joshua, and had known all the work of Yahweh that they had worked for Israel. They buried the bones of Joseph, which the children of Israel brought up out of Egypt in Shechem, in the parcel of ground which Jacob brought from the sons of Hamor, the father of Shechem, for a hundred pieces of silver. They became the inheritance of the children of Joseph. Eliezer the son of Aaron died, and they buried him in the hill of Phinehas his son, which is given him in the hill of Ephraim. So this is the, the final words of Joshua. And he says to them, you know, he outlines all the things that God's done. You think, 470 years earlier, God says to Abraham, you know, I'm going to, to give you this land in which you walk. <laughs> 470 years. And then, you know, it's 430 years till the Exodus. And then it's another 40 years. And here they are, you know. Well, actually, if you count the other 18 years, this is, you know, after they conquered the land, to this speech, it's it's 488 years earlier. Incredible. And so Joshua outlines all these things. The Lord has fulfilled his promise to you. And then he says, choose this day who you will serve. He said, you can serve the gods of Egypt beyond the river before. You can serve the gods of your ancestors. You can serve the gods of this land, the Amorites, the Canaanites, or you can serve the Lord. He says, but as for me, I'm going to serve the Lord. And that's the scripture that you know, people put up in their houses and, and hang it up all over the place. It's, it's the most famous scripture out of Joshua. And that's what we, we ourselves say today, I'm going to serve the Lord. And it was really obvious to people back then if they weren't serving the Lord because idolatry was a, a, was a kind of an obvious thing. You would bow down to a statue of another God. But today, idolatry is it's harder to spot because... It's what your heart goes after. 
And so today it's actually possible for people to say, I will serve the Lord, but they actually serve other things at the same time. So they serve their career or their money or they serve, you know, their lust for women or, you know, sports. It's whatever their heart goes after, that becomes their God. And people worship all sorts of things. So even in church, there are people who say, you know, we will serve the Lord, but they don't always serve the Lord. So it's a trap. You have to be careful. But this book, it represents many, many things. It represents the idea that God does keep his promises. He fulfills them well. And it's also a picture of Christ who leads us into the fulfillment of his promise. Because Joshua, who's the leader here in this whole book, is a picture of Jesus Christ. And the truth is, without Jesus, we cannot inherit anything from God. God can give us a promise, but unless we walk with Jesus, we cannot come into the promise. So you've got to walk with Jesus. You can't try to have good things in life apart from him. Those things are meaningless. Sometimes people do have good things in life apart from God, you know, without following God. But in eternity, it's a great regret for them. And even at the end of their life, um, it's, it's often a source of sadness. It's amazing how often you see wealthy people giving money away as they get older because it's not making them happy. <laughs> it's, it's sad. Um, so the book starts with all these people living in a desert and it ends with every single person coming into their inheritance. And this is a picture of God's great plan for all of humanity. He wants to take all of us, cut off from God, and bring us into a, a something wonderful and bless us. This generation was a good generation. They didn't grumble. They didn't complain. They fought. They did everything Joshua told them. We must do everything Jesus tells us. And if we do that, we will come into all of his plans and all of his inheritances. Um, but <laughs> we're about to start the book of Judges. And that's where things are about to start going crazy. The chapter finishes with three burials. Burial number one, Joshua dies at the age of 110. He's a picture of Christ. And here he's labeled for the first time, the servant of God. And that was the label that Moses carried over and over and over through all those other books. Well, finally, Joshua is given the title, servant of God. It's a title that we should all take for ourselves. We are the Lord's servants. The second burial is Joseph. They bring his bones out of Egypt and they bury him at um, Shechem, which is you know a place where Jacob had owned. And he was 110 as well. Isn't that interesting? Two 110s. And then the third burial was Eliezer the high priest. And so that's the end of a generation. And then tomorrow, we're going to start in the book of Judges. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the book of Joshua and all that it has meant to us. We thank you for the joy of all that we have learned. And I pray, Lord, that you would take of these key things and cause them to become a part of our faith, part of our life, and part of our prayer and our practice. Strengthen us in righteousness, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.